Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back. It's the Horns Up Talk in Texas podcast. Fisher to Sabo Snacks Crider. Get your horns up because here we go. Horns Up Talk in Texas. It's like the chillest time. It's basketball season's over. You got some baseball going on, which is relaxing. The draft is done. I don't think we have we did we do a show post draft congratulating the dudes. I don't think so. Don't Congrats, think so. dudes. Congrats, dudes. I think really good, <laughs> really good spots. Every, everyone ended up in really good spots, honestly. Um, I know we gave a lot of love to the running backs to start. Um, you know, Bijan obviously ending up in a place with a guy and a head coach who has been there and helped cater multiple thousand yard rushers and two thousand yard rushers which is crazy not saying Bijan's going to yeah. go for that but it's a great place shout to be in a great system. yeah shout out to his family great place to be in a great system roshan also with a team that with deontay foreman but they'll be sharing a backfield many people feel like they are going to form a strong duo and he's going to get his time to shine over there and their quarterback we all know he can run the ball so that's another strong rushing attack over Sean ended up in a, in a nice place. Obviously Coburn going to KC is great. Um, and yeah, over Sean D town bogey. That's I was throwing up the Dio. That's what I yep, was doing. Dio baby. Yeah. Look, Hey, he's, he, he's the, he's the arm bandit, uh, arm band bandit, you know, and the, the cowboy and he's just fits right into everything that's going on in Dallas. Uh, and I hope, I, you know, if anyone's going to, figure out a way to use him as a weapon. It's going to be Dan Quinn. So I think that's really exciting. Um, Ajomo got picked up that Eagles video with Hallie Roseman calling him, you know, saying he went later than he should. It's another great place as a D lineman to end up to just jump into that rotation. So all the boys really end up in nice spots. Uh, and that's obviously something you'll have to see. And we're going to be in a position this year where we might see some more guys get drafted. I've already been looking at the mock drafts for 2024. Ewers, Worthy, Jatavian Sanders. Rank them in most likely to least likely being a first-round pick. Uh, man, it's so early to tell with Ewers, I think. He's got a lot to prove. Um, could definitely be a state meager, though, where he sneaks in there. Um, but I would say right now, most likely, Xavier Worthy. Um, I mean, we all love Sanders, but... I think pro football focus didn't really even rank him in the top 10 for tight ends. Um, I mean, you know, scouts love referring to that a lot when they have their scouting reports and stuff and analysts do too, but I don't know. I think this just, this is going to be a big prove it year for a lot of these guys on offense and defense. Do you think a guy, sorry, Toss, I'll let you go to answer the question before I kick it to the next one. No, I, um, I actually have, Jatavian first, and then I might have Xavier third, to be honest. Uh, I think the the drops, uh, until I see otherwise with the drops, I wouldn't imagine that a lot of 
NFL guys. Um, I mean, all, all three of them are potential first round pick type prospects, but yeah. I mean, Quinn, Darren I believe, in, I believe in part of it is I believe in Quinn. Yeah. I really do. And I think a lot of people don't have him as a top 10 QB in college football coming into the season. It could change after two weeks. He didn't have to do much to get back up there. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I'm with you, Nick, that he has, he has something to prove to get in there. But I think what he has to prove is not a lot. Baron Sorrell is another guy that we absolutely adore and are expecting massive things out of. We're hoping for and praying for a double digit sack season. And if he can do that in the Big 12, you know, you saw how high Tyree Wilson went. I mean, Baron Sorrell could also sneak into the first round, maybe early second round. I mean, point, point being, we have one of the more talented rosters in college football. So much so that Urban Meyer, a guy who's won it in two different programs said we have the most talented roster point blank period in college football i know we haven't done our deep dive yet i know we haven't really evaluated every single roster and that's something we do early in august how do you feel about a guy like that coming out and saying that how do you honestly how do you feel about a lot of pff like a lot of people are really throwing us into this final four and saying if we get past bama in week two the hype train's real and everyone all aboard I mean, we've had that praise before multiple seasons. And I think, you know, as Texas fans, we always have to just go in it with low expectations so we can exceed those expectations. Um, because, I mean, I think we're already pretty seasoned and tuned to kind of let ourselves down a little bit. So I think we should just kind of sit back, relax, you know, see how we fare in the first few games. If we play a, a good game against Bama, um, then maybe we can start taking it seriously. I mean, Definitely think that we have a really good shot at winning the Big 12, but to really put yourself up there with like Georgia and Ohio State, you know, and Clemson and, and all those powerhouse teams, like, I mean, it's it's not just the difference of one season and new guys coming in, you know, it's 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 all clicking at the same time. It has to just really come together. And look, we've always seen that there's guys that have really great talent that obviously get drafted and you know we just weren't able to capitalize on them in college so if we can really just tap in those guys now then could have a good season but i'm just trying to you know tamper expectations a little bit okay toss um yeah i mean i think we've gotten praise from urban meyer to me is it's a little different maybe um it's not the same as it I, used to be. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Urban Meyer praise now versus Urban Meyer praise seven years ago is, is also different. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. it's a good point, Nick. Um, I, I think I kind of I kind of don't like it. I mean, none of this matters, right? It just matters what's going on in the locker room and with the players. Uh, personally, I I I almost wish like we were touted to be a talented team, but not one of the four most talented teams in college football. Um, <clears throat> yeah. We haven't been able to live up to expectations by any stretch of the definition for a long time. So puts a little bit of pressure on us, but we like we say with Quan all the time, it's Texas football. We always have a target on our back. It's, it's nothing new. So for the guys, it's, it's about getting out on the field and putting numbers up in the wind column and not a lot, if any, in the loss column. That's what it's yeah. always about. I mean, 
we have slated to start as it stands right now on the depth chart. Obviously, things changed, especially the defensive back. I mean, across the board, defense is always pretty malleable. We our whole defensive backfield is seen is projected to be seniors except Brooks. Outside of Hill, our front seven is projected to be predominantly seniors and juniors. I, that to me, there's there's a last year looking back on it, and I think one of the reasons they have us projected like this and like our roster like this, like looking at our looking at our roster, Banks is a left tackle sophomore, but we, we know how we view him. Connor Majors, you know, Majors is a redshirt junior. Connor is a junior. Um, Christian Jones is a redshirt senior. Uh, Hudson is, you know, played again above his, you know, freshman grade last year and is a sophomore now. Sanders Jr. And then we're the only thing that, and I was telling Nick, I was like, I'm the only thing I'm a little worried about is, is the running back position. And it's not even because Bijan's left, it's just we don't. And, you know, maybe it was this way with Deonta Foreman. He just kind of came out of nowhere. He wasn't what he was supposed – I mean, his brother, Armani, was supposed to be the big, big recruit, and he kind of came onto the scene, and we've always felt Brooks has that capability in in, in short spurts. Um, but that's the, really the only position – like, I, I wish you could trade because I would trade one of our awesome receivers, I hate to say it, for, you know, a top-tier running back, a proven running back. I um, trust I trust our position coach there a lot, though. That that's, he's, got, he's got great experience, I think – he knows how to to talk to these guys to get the best out of them to coach them up, um, and I believe in Brooks's talent. I believe in Keelan's gadgetry and just his unique skill set. And you just have to kind of hope that the the said B talent, you know, that's coming out of high school, is something that can translate early mm-hmm. um, and at least be there if we need it. Because guys get banged up, guys can't play every single snap. And, you know, it's going to be a committee backfield, I imagine, um, until we get told otherwise. But uh, real real quick, this is a little bit of a tangent. Sure. There's there's a show out right now called The Last Thing He Told Me with Jennifer Garner. Okay. And uh, some of the shooting, some of the filming, excuse me, poor, poor choice of words, okay. um, takes place in Austin, Texas. Huh. And she is unfamiliar with Texas football but she gets, she ends up in, in Texas on the campus. Some awesome shout-outs. You know, the, the UTC, the PCL is shown. Like, actually, like, the campus itself, which is cool, just watching that back. But our good buddy, Jeff Stoltz, who guested uh, no. <laughs> on the Charity Stripe, plays kind of an ex-boyfriend, lawyer type who's helping Jennifer Garner as she's looking for her lost husband, basically, is, is uh essentially what's happening in the show. And she knows nothing about Austin. She knows nothing about UT football. So she is asking Jeff before she goes there um, about the school. And he names the colors of the school as white and burn orange. And my question to you guys is when people ask what the colors of UT are, is that how you would say it? I would never even include white. I would just say yeah. burn, orange. burn orange. Yeah. Same, same. So, Next time we see Jeff Stoltz, bone to pick. I know I'll he didn't write it, but a guy like that, he's got a lot of pull. He could have creatively changed it on the fly. I mean, that's, it, sure. that's already – I now I know not to see that show. Um, unless, unless he meant like white. white. It's a white school <laughs> back in the day. Um, the, he, goes, uh, he goes, yeah, their colors are white and, uh, and burn orange. <laughs> Jeff. 
Yeah, it's a mess, dude. Um, but uh, the one thing I'll before you know, kind of pivot off of football that I just think is really, and again, Quinn does have something to prove. But Georgia's going through a quarterback change. Alabama's going through a quarterback change. Ohio State's going through a quarterback change. Yes, Quinn didn't perform to the level we thought he would. Yes, he got hurt last year. But the one thing we do have is stability as of now at the quarterback position. And to me, going into the season with a guy that we know has seen the field now and he's seen, you know, he's got some serious live game action in him and under his belt, which was an issue last year, that gives me some hope. I'm going to, I go into the season the same way as I do every year and I'm going to continue to do so. I'm going to get my hopes up. You know, I'm going to hold my breath. I'm not going to get hiccups for an entire year like Mr. Bo Jackson. I'm going to, yeah. So, that actually yeah, sucks. for those of you who don't know, Bo Jackson's getting a, a medical procedure done to try to cure his hiccups that he's had for a year straight. Not, yeah, I hate, you hate to see that. Um, I, Okay, basketball quickly. We haven't released Ron Holland from his letter of intent yet. Is that, do you guys cool with that? Are you guys, how, how does that make you even feel? Well, I think it's a scenario where they're not going to do that until he's made a decision on where he wants to play. Because if he decides he still wants to stay at Texas, then you have to sign a whole new letter of intent. So might as well just kind of keep him there. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like you're you're getting a, uh, you're breaking up with your girlfriend, right? And Mm -hmm. you still haven't given her back her, her, her stuff that is still at your place or you haven't gotten your stuff back because you guys might get back together. Understood. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I think that that I'm like I like the girlfriend one. I mean, I don't think he's fully out. I think it's more like all right. Let's let's see what else is out there right now. Let's let's date a little bit. Let me let me read this for you guys from Two Four Seven Sports. While Holland has taken the steps to be released by Texas, his release hasn't yet been granted. It doesn't sound as if Texas is trying to hold up Holland. Their administration is just making sure there hasn't been any foul play. Meanwhile, Terry and his staff are certainly trying to retain him as they still want him wearing the burnt orange. <laughs> so there you go. There is uh, re-emphasizing my point that, that Stoltz, he got it wrong, um, but also shedding a, a little bit more light on the situation. Um, and yeah, I mean, but just because he wants the letter released as of now doesn't mean that he wouldn't then bring it back to Texas. Ah without knowing any other information. Now my gut tells me that when a guy pulls out like that, he's not going back to the place that he just pulled out from. That's just how I feel about it. And I, and I think that he's doing the little political dance of not trying to step on any toes when he said, Texas is still in consideration. I hope I'm wrong, but that's just how I feel about it. Uh, I think we still would. The only, th- yeah, the only reason I think we are a little bit is because he's from Texas. Sure. Guys pull out all the time and they don't say anything. You know, they just, they just leave. That's it. Yeah. And they don't be like, I'm still considering. They just reopen. Right. So, I mean, I think, yeah, like with, uh, with like Quinn when he was initially committed to Texas and then he decommitted to go to Ohio State didn't say anything about about being you know half in half out and he ended up coming back to texas so i mean i think with ron like 
I think he's really just trying to keep his options open because when he initially committed, it was a whole different staff. You know, I mean, it was Beard and different players. And, you know, maybe he he's looking at the guys that we're going after as well and, uh, you know, the transfer portal. And maybe he doesn't, doesn't feel like he fits with the guys that are there. I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many different factors that you have to consider as a young man like that. And maybe there's NIL stuff that we're, you know, missing here. I mean, that stuff isn't really public. So we'll and see, I guess. I mean – Yeah, I was going to say until Hunter Dickinson made it public about Michigan. He's like, I love Michigan, but if some of you would leave your job for a $10,000 raise, so Michigan wasn't going over six figures. I couldn't get over six figures at Michigan for playing college basketball, so I went to Kansas. Sorry. And he yeah, knows he's not going to be a pro. No. He'll be a pro. Maybe. You mean not an NBA pro? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not an NBA pro. No, I mean, he'll he'll get drafted, right? One of the best players in college basketball. <laughs> we'll see how he plays in Kansas. But he's like one of those it's like one of those big, like plotty, like would have been sick in the seventies, eighties guys to me. But he's yeah, yeah, I mean he's been great at Michigan. And so and he's gonna kill us with fucking or part of my language. I mean usually curse on this show, but Arterio Morris. Uh I know. Right? Uh but that that one stung for me. And I, I'm curious to see if the Ron Holland if, if the Dylan Mitchell what he's been saying on Twitter, you know, his disappointment with the team. If that played into any of the Ron Holland narrative, that's my only curiosity. Um, lastly, Casey Thompson going to FAU reuniting with Herman. Just thought I'd throw that out there to you guys. His third yeah. relationship. Wishing. I, I mean, I look, I, here's, here's what I'll say. Being a former athlete, you never want to give it up. You know what I mean? I don't think he's ever going to become a pro. I think he may realize that or he may not realize that. And he wants to see if he can prove himself one more year. But the kid in me and the former player in me like, would also want to play an extra year if you had the eligibility. You know what I mean? If, mm -hmm. if you don't have scouts knocking at your door, might as well just this is the last one. That's it. If it works out for me, it works out great. But, you know, give me the best opportunity I can to play and make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always thought his ball was nice. You know, I think Nebraska was just a dumpster fire. Maybe he has a good season and has some fun at FAU. Yeah. Good team. Competitor. We all play cause it's fun. Yeah. That's when you initially get into the game. You play cause it's fun. And then obviously it becomes a job and you make money. Yeah. I mean, but some of these, you know, XFL, like AJ McCarron, like he's a college legend and I'm sure he's well-connected in a multitude of places where he can get another job and do something else if he really wanted to, but he, he loves playing the game and he's doing well in well, the mean, XFL. Yeah. I mean, he, he also like was a backup in the NFL for a long time and made good money there and I'm sure he's, you know, he's getting paid at the XFL and if he thinks he can go back to being a backup in the NFL again, I mean, you gotta leave the door open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, coaching as well. Yeah, apparently, apparently there was interest from Notre Dame, Indiana, Houston, and he even took a visit to Auburn. So interesting to uh, your pre-existing connection, right at FAU with with Herman, of course. Um, if you were to rank those schools, pedigree, and just college football history wise, 
obviously Nebraska is at the top of that list, uh, the place that he's transferring at, uh, away from. But FAU's Notre Dame. At, at, at the bottom of that, right? And then Notre Dame and FAU's at the bottom of that list. So um, opportunity is a, a huge component always. Yeah, switching gears really quickly really. to, yeah. to to uh, another quarterback that we have on our roster right now, Malik Murphy. What do you guys make of? his choices to stay. I mean, obviously I love it because, you know, he wants to be a, a longhorn, but he's getting reached out to by Notre Dame, by Bama, you know, and he's, he's turning those down to stay a longhorn and be in this really deep quarterback room. Um, is it telling maybe that he thinks, or maybe coaches have said something to him that maybe he's the guy to take over when Quinn is done to give Arch a little bit more time to season, or maybe even Arch isn't exactly what people thought he was. Cause from what, from what I hear, you know, a lot of people think that Arch might be overrated. Maybe he might be overrated. Like he's pretty highly rated and we haven't really seen much from him on the college level. He's he's the prince that was promised. He's done an amazing job recruiting, but we've not, we haven't seen him yet. Like look at Quinn was supposed to be and Quinn struggled. All I know is every ball, and again, their practices and whatnot, every time I've seen a highlight of Malik Murphy, I'm like, wow, that guy has some serious arm strength. He can really toss the pigskin, and he could bomb it. So for me, Malik Murphy, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Look, there's a world in which he thinks if Quinn doesn't play well, he's stepping in. There is a world in which he thinks if Quinn plays well and this all of a sudden, hey, look, this offensive scheme that Sark's been building and building and it's so close to working, if it actually works and we become this high-octane, high-power offense, and he goes, look, Mac Jones needed one year. One year, and he came in. It was a first-round pick. If I could beat out Arch Manning, which I think as it stands right now, I can, I'll come right in there too. I'll play one year. I'll kick ass in this system. And I'll go pro. And or he looks at it and goes, "What uh, what options are available for him if he wants to start?" Well, like you mentioned, Notre Dame, like they got their guy, and Hartman's going to start for them. You know, he do you want to jump to SEC and like risk it at Auburn? Like you know what, you don't want to risk the quarterback battle. You're in another quarterback battle at Florida. FSU's got a guy. LSU's got a guy. There's a million guys and freshmen at Bama. You know, Georgia's got their guys already in the in, in the locker room. How about looking at your at your receiving room too, right? Yeah, incredibly, incredibly deep, lot of young talent mm-hmm. there, guys that you can grow with, and and you know you have you know an offensive mastermind with Steve Sarkeesian there. So, yeah, you gotta. You're right, Josh. It's he's looking at he's looking elsewhere. He's looking internally. He's considering, I imagine, all all of it, right? Especially when you're guy, you're the guy that's not starting. You have a lot of time to consider things. You have a lot of time to think 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 things through. Um, and work on work on your skills, and clearly he did that this past season, and it's it's paying off just based off of what we've seen. But yeah, I'm, I'm in no I'm in no rush for Arch to take the helm if, if Malik's the guy. Malik's the guy a- after Quinn. Yeah, I mean, look, Arch could come in as a redshirt sophomore and play a year or two, and then he can go pro if he's that great. I mean, Malik to me, I'm sure, like we're saying, he's considered his options. And his best option for him right now, he felt was staying at the University of Texas and, you know, being the backup to Quinn Ewers, which he is. He is the backup. He's the backup quarterback. He's now number two, not number three behind Hudson. He's number two. So he looks like I'm look. I look at the college landscape and he's going to be a backup anywhere he goes. He might as well stay where he's comfortable. 
and look, if Arch wins the job next year and he's, it's going to be his uh, kingdom, then yeah, he could see what else is open. Because look how it was this year. There's a million spots open and there'll be a million spots more and he'll be first in line or one of the first guys to jump at it probably. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, great question though. I, I love that. I love that he's all in so far, you know, and, and didn't really bat an eye when other teams were looking at him. I mean, it just shows he's he wants to be a Longhorn. He, he never wavered at all when it came to his recruiting process. So super excited. Yeah. Some, you know, it's not always the five star. It's not always the number one recruit that gets it done. I'm sure we've seen it. Sometimes it is, but we've seen it time and time again, where there's been guys that have come out of the woodworks, right place, right time, grew and bald six star guys. All right. Hook them horns. We'll see you guys next time. Hook them. Hook them, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.